it'll be fun to see. I'll probably have to see it. But it'll be fun to see uh, Keanu Reeves going back to that because he hasn't really played anything like that in a long time. So to go from John Wick to right <laughs> to Bill and Ted. Absolutely. Oh, we're here. Yeah. We're here. We're starting our podcast today with Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill and Ted talk. Huh? Good times, good times. Welcome to our Bill and Ted talk. As we examine the stellar career of one Keanu Reeves. I've seen, so, you know what my favorite Keanu Reeves movie is? I think he is a very maligned and underrated actor, but that's just... Me. I would agree. You'll, I, this is also an underrated movie. What's that? You'll never guess it. The Lake House. Oh! <laughs> I just peaked the audio. I'm sorry. That was it. I really didn't think you'd ever guess that. Do I know you? I didn't even. I don't even know anyone so. who's seen The Lake House besides me. Yeah, I remember That's when a that gr- came out. I so. love that movie. Yeah. I want to go watch it right now. You were about five when it came out. Right? False. So. No, no, I have to look that up. Nine. That is such a great movie. Yeah. I am looking it up. We're pausing this podcast. I've actually not seen it, but I, what? Remember, I remember when it came out. So. 2006. That's, that's the year him. I graduated high school. That's him and uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Right? Yeah. So I was 18. Also, uh, I think both of them tend to be underrated as actors. Agreed. But. Anyway, let's talk about acts. Well, you know, speaking of actors, that we're we're seeing a change in the actors, the characters that are that are uh, in the scene here, and so it, we're coming to kind of a break point in the story of, of the Book of Acts or Luke Volume Two. And in the first half of the story, the focus is Jerusalem and the Twelve, and especially Peter, Peter and John for a lot of it. In the, in the second half, which is really more than half of the book, starting with chapter 13, the focus will be on, on Paul. We've up to now known him as Saul, and, and so uh, he will, will begin to know him as Paul. Probably both names were used simultaneously depending on what circles he was in but as this begins to shift the emphasis from a primarily jewish um, sect a group of people that that are seeing christ through jewish eyes and it begins to be spread to the gentiles which we just looked at in chapters 10 and 11 um Peter has a paradigm shift as God gives him a vision, takes that back to the, the church in Jerusalem where they still don't get it. They're criticizing him. They recalibrate their thinking. And now they're, they're praising God. When we, when we last saw our, saw our heroes, uh, they're praising God, saying that uh, so then God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto him, unto life. And so... Um, the idea that and we don't want to gloss over that the idea that God grants repentance repentance mm-hmm. is something we choose it's something that God gives God grants and so he he does the initiating throughout this story he's initiated this ministry to the Gentiles and while that's not new that's always been the case throughout throughout uh, the Old Testament as well God's heart was for the Gentiles and for the Jews who believed that never changed. From Genesis 12 on, we see God initiating, calling people to repentance, calling uh, faithful ones to follow him who are not in themselves faithful, but he makes them faithful. He grants them that, that faith and repentance, starting with Abraham and, and going on. And so now we're seeing this shift in the next 
several paragraphs here through the end of uh, chapter 11 from verses 19 to 30. It's sort of a, an aside. It's sort of a... Um, <clears throat> It's like when you're watching a play and you have the action going along and then all of a sudden they kind of stop and the narrator says, you know, here's what happened in the meantime. Mm -hmm. So you cut from, you know, high school prom to 10 years later right. where they're married and have kids and so on. And, and you kind of recap some of the events that take place like this there. Is us. And you're outside of real time for just a moment to right. be able to, <clears throat> to set it up. So that's kind of what happens here in chapter 11, verses 19 to 30. And we see that um, that the, the time, it, it kind of steps away from time. We can see that right in the opening part because having just seen all of this stuff about the Gentiles being brought in, verse 19 says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, back in chapter 7, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. So we can see that this is, you're kind of going back before what we just read, and then you're going to pick up after what we just read. Some of them, however, verse 20, men, and, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Now, it doesn't seem clear to me there whether this is talking about later after um, what we read in chapter 11, or if this is simultaneous with mm -hmm. that. In any case, what we're seeing is having spread out, some of the folks are, are sharing the gospel with Greeks, Hellenists, uh, Gentiles, those who are, are not of a Jewish background, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand in verse 21 was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So that kind of introductory paragraph is what we're going to see in in the rest of this little aside, this little fast-forwarding. And uh, news of, of what's going on here reaches the ears of the church at Jerusalem. We just saw that happen with Peter, where uh, they started criticizing him. So they send Barnabas to Antioch. Depending on when this happened, they may have sent Barnabas to say, hey, you might want to go look into this kind of stuff. Um, more likely, assuming this happens after or, or simultaneously with this recalibration that we see in the first part of chapter 11, <clears throat> they're sending Barnabas then to teach, to establish discipleship, just as Peter went around to the different towns and ministered in the church mm -hmm. to, to give teaching and, and put down some roots with these folks. When he arrived and he saw the evidence of the grace of God, we're talking about the, the Holy Spirit coming on them like we had seen before, uh, which may or may not have involved uh, speaking in tongues or various uh, uh, charismata, various gifts that are, are uh, attesting signs. But he sees the evidence of the grace of God. What we would always see are the fruit of the Spirit. We see the increase in love. We see a completely different mindset. We no longer think according to the world's way of thinking. We think according to Christ's way of thinking. So if we have faith when we have received the grace of God, there is evidence of that grace of God. We have turned from our way to his way. <clears throat> so uh, when Barnabas arrived and he saw that evidence, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So what happens next, I find to be interesting. Barnabas, you may remember from a previous chapter, 
Barnabas was the guy who stood up for Saul when none of the believers wanted to accept him. Oh, wait, he's the killer. He's the guy that, that we've been running away from. Now you're telling us that, that he's one of us. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, you know, step into my parlor, said the spider to the fly. Uh, and Barnabas stood up for him and said, Saul's changed. He's received the grace of God just as we did, and we need to, to be resurrection people. So uh, now, in verse 25, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So this is the first time the name Christian gets used. And, uh, and then we see some events take place that just kind of move the story along. It ends, uh, it ends with verse uh, 29 and 30 which is the response of the believers, the disciples, not, not the apostles, not the leadership. The rank-and-file disciples have a response from within themselves, the Holy Spirit moving them, to, to a, you know, we might think of it like the pandemic, uh, but to a famine. So there was a, a prophet who stood up and, and uh, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world, which happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. So it's not like they came up, you know, the leaders said, hey, we need you to do this. This is what the Christians in the pews, so to speak, felt they needed to do. We have people with a need. We're going to step up and help as much as we can. That has been uh, a, a major part of who we are as a church ever since that time. Uh, verse 30, they, this they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So they made this collection. The, the people in the pews made the decision, we're going to step up and do this. And they entrusted that work to Saul and Barnabas to take to the leaders. So there's a submission to authority that takes place. There's a desire to help and to minister to people that takes place. All because of the reality of Christ in their lives when they encountered him as who he really is rather than as a set of religious beliefs. It changed everything about them. And we have a picture here that reminds us of what we see at the end of Acts chapter 2 and at the end of Acts chapter 4, where they're all in one accord. They're so caught up in Christ that they don't care about whose stuff is what. We just want to take care of people. We want to love one another. We want to focus on the apostles' teaching and become more and more like Jesus. That's a good place to end. We yeah. will stop there. Uh, so be sure to uh, check on to our check into our Facebook. Uh, and we're not doing Instagram anymore on Sundays, are we? We are not. Yeah, that didn't work out well. Uh, But Facebook and YouTube and uh, our website on Sunday mornings at 10, 10 10.04. And uh, you can check out the sermon that will be going over this week. Indeed. And we're still not meeting in person. Sadly, no. But uh, soon. Soon, hopefully, we'll stay connected however we can. So thank you guys for listening.